yes and amen. This is about when the word of command is also a word of creation. It's about when the word preached is also the word prophesied. What does that mean? Well, let's explore it. Do God's words differ? Are some creative and some not so? When he says, I watch over my word to perform it, Jeremiah 1 verse 12, does he mean he only watches over his prophecies and words of creation like Genesis 1, but not over his commandments? God watches over all his word, his words, and all his words have creative power in them. Let me say my first statement again. When the word of command is also a word of creation. When the word preached is also the word prophesied. This includes then his commandments. Let me explain how I got here. Like you, I want to be a good person. Like you, perhaps my desire to be a good person is not matched by my performance. Like you, I've heard that perfectionism is a bad thing. That good enough is good enough. I understand the reason behind this teaching. It enables us to get on with tasks even if they are not perfect. But God says, God says in Isaiah 55 verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways, says Yahweh. Here is that sentence in the context of the whole magnificent passage, Isaiah 55, in the World English Bible. Hey, come everyone who thirsts to the waters. Come he who has no money, buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labour for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, and eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in richness. Turn your ear And come to me, hear, and your soul will live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander to the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you don't know, and a nation that didn't know you shall run to you, because of Yahweh, your God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek Yahweh while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to Yahweh, and he will have mercy on him. To our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways, says Yahweh. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from the sky, and doesn't return there but waters the earth, and makes it grow and bud, and gives seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so is my word that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void." But it will accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper in the thing I sent it to do. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills will break out before you into singing, 
and all the trees of the fields will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn, the cypress tree will come up, and instead of the briar, the myrtle tree will come up. It will make a name for Yahweh, for an everlasting sign that will not be cut off. Wow. Wow. So is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it will accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper in the thing I sent it to do. That's every single word that comes out of the mouth of God. It's very clear that Jesus is the word and the way, the word and the way. He is God's thoughts incarnate and the manifestation of his ways. Yes, he is God's thoughts incarnate and the manifestation of God's ways. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. John 14 verse 9, Jesus said to him, have I been with you such a long time and you do not know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How do you say, show us the Father? Let me share my problem. Jesus, the word, the way, says, therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. That's Matthew five, forty-eight. This is part of the longest sermon in the New Covenant, the New Testament, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's chapters 5 and 6 and 7. It's something that is so valuable to listen to and meditate upon every day that I recommend you do that. But the impossibility of this verse has upset me for years. How could I be perfect? Of course, we have the wonderful assurance of Jesus that with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible, which is said in Matthew 19 and Mark 10 and Luke 18. That's Matthew 19, verse 29, Mark 10, 27 and Luke 18, 27. Wow. Three places. So here's the revelation. Are you ready? When God commands, he creates. When God commands, he creates. When God says, be this way, his word has all the creative power that it has in Genesis 1, when he says, be, light be, and light was. Imagine God looking at you right now and saying, be perfect. Imagine God creating that seed inside you. Imagine God planting that seed of potential. Then imagine God watching over his word to perform it. Oh, yes. We have such a Victorian idea of the harsh commandments of the ultimate critical parent, God Almighty. For many people, God is such a killjoy, though the joy they are thinking of is false joy. For them, God is the God who says, don't do this, don't do that, don't even think about that. This is so prevalent in our culture that otherwise funny people like Bill Bailey and Dylan Moran make this a point as part of their comedy shows. How wrong they are. In God's presence, there is fullness of joy and at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. Let's see the commandments in a new way. When you think about it, they are all good for us as guidelines, principles, commitments. Trust me, adultery is bad for you. And for all it affects. So when God says, thou shalt not commit adultery, it's not a killjoy. It's a joy saver. Check out all the other commandments in Exodus 20. Let me be clear here in terms of accurate preaching. These are commandments. They are called 
commandments. My point, however, is that the commandments, when spoken out of the mouth of God, have the same creative power as the words of the creation. Just like in Genesis 1, when God said, let there be light, and there was light, let there be day and night, let there be animals, let there be birds, let there be fish. It's the same creator. It's the same creative power. It's the same creative word. If we are to receive these words with faith, they can create in us the desired result. Again, I say, imagine God looking you right now in the eye and saying to you personally, intimately, be perfect. Those words have the creative power to make you perfect. Those words have the creative power to make you perfect, to create perfection in you. He is able to do far above all we ask and imagine and complete the good work that he has begun in us. He is at work to will and to do according to his good pleasure. The key then is to receive these words in faith, recognising their creative power and to be a co-labourer with God to create his will in your life. Thus, when God says you shall not murder, you will not murder. He will create that will and intent in you not to murder. When he says you shall not commit adultery, that becomes a promise, a prophecy. When received by faith, you won't commit adultery. This means you don't have to steal or give false testimony against your neighbour. It means you don't have to be jealous of your neighbour and covet their house, their wife, their servants, their ox, their donkey or anything that is your neighbour's. This, friends, is freedom. Jesus said you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. There is a custom for Christians, and I use a small c for Christians there, to think that the old covenant has little to do with us. It's as if we don't have to keep it anymore because the new covenant supersedes it. This is a dangerous half-truth. The old covenant has been done away with. It has been fulfilled in Jesus. But let's not forget that the new covenant is a higher standard. I want you to see every word of Jesus as a prophecy of your potential if you will receive with humility the implanted word which is able to save your souls. That's James 1.21. Receive with humility the implanted word which is able to save your souls. We must receive the word in faith for without faith it is impossible to be well-pleasing to him, to God that is, For he who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Hebrews 11.6 One of the most sobering scriptures is in Matthew 13.58. He didn't do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Let me read that to you again. He, Jesus, didn't do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. This is all the more dramatic in Mark 6 verse 5 where it says he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. The Greek in the Mark passage for could do no mighty work is the dual use of the word we get dynamo and dynamite from. First in the negative he couldn't do, then the positive for mighty work or work of power. Jesus 
didn't have the power to do miracles there because of their unbelief. Now, of course, Jesus did have the power, but that power was blocked by the offence of unbelief. Faith draws on the power of God. Faith draws on the power inherent in every word of God to come to pass. Every word of God has the power within it to come to pass. Faith activates and empowers that power. Faith activates and actualizes the fulfillment of that potential to come to pass. I'm delighted by the story of Zechariah when he's told that he and Elizabeth are going to have a child. And because of the danger of his unbelief, the angel strikes him dumb so he cannot speak words of unbelief until the promise comes to pass. Ooh. Okay, that's the main message over. See, every word that God says, not just as commandment, but as creation. Not just as preaching, but as prophecy of your potential, if you receive it by faith. Our affirmation of faith can then become, I am becoming. Am I perfect? Not yet, manifestly. Am I becoming perfect? Yes, because God is at work in me to will and to do according to his pleasure. He will finish that good work that he began in me. As Paul says in Philippians 3 verses 12 to 14, not that I have already obtained or am already made perfect, but I press on that I may take hold of that for which also I was taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers, I don't regard myself as yet having taken hold, but one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and stretching forward to the things which are before, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Be perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. Yes and amen. I called this blog and broadcast Yes and Amen in honour of this scripture in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20. For however many are the promises of God, in him is the yes. Therefore also through him, is the Amen to the glory of God through us. So let me read that again. For however many are the promises of God, in him is the yes. Therefore also through him is the Amen to the glory of God through us. That's it. But if you're up for a bonus, keep listening. I really, really want to finish with another passage because it is such a word for today. Do you remember the part where the disciples said in astonishment, who then can be saved? Then Jesus answered, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Do you remember that? When we read that passage in context, it brings all of this together. In it we have someone who has kept the commandments. He's perfect. He's practically perfect. He lacks, however, one thing, just one thing. I'm sure you want to know what it is. And it's a word from God to the current Western church, one that is rich in worldly wealth. Gloves off now, and remember it is as much a word to me as it might be to you. So here goes. Here's the version in Matthew 19, where it says the disciples were exceedingly astonished at what Jesus said. Behold, one came to him and said, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? He said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. 
He said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not offer false testimony. Honour your father and your mother. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have observed from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, did you hear that? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect. Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad for he was one who had great possessions. Jesus said to his disciples, most certainly I say to you, A rich man will enter into the kingdom of heaven with difficulty. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into God's kingdom. When the disciples heard it, they were exceedingly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? Looking at them, Jesus said, With men this is impossible, but with God All things are possible.